Hey, it's Bobby. And Jared. You're listening to the Frank and Sets podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We are excited in another quarantine episode. Um, but we are, man, it's it's crazy. We're recording on a Friday. We normally record on a Wednesday or a Thursday so we can yeah. get out a Friday episode. But hey, a um, little late, but better late than never, I guess. Well, I'd say we were both into some stuff yesterday. We're both doing like uh, home improvements, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, well, you know. Once you you know you're in you're in the house all day doing what you got to do and uh, I don't know that kind of takes it out of you doesn't it? Yeah, man. Well, we were we were preparing our our nursery. We have our fourth child on the way, and so yes. preparing so preparing that nursery, trying to get everything cleaned up and organized. And yeah, yeah. If you don't have more than three kids. Are you even a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you know seriously? I mean, the Duggars set the bar. You know what I mean? We gotta. Yeah. We I mean, it. I have three kids, but. I have two goats, and they're also called kids. So yeah, that's man. fine. We we have two dogs. We have our we have our fur kids, as people like to refer to them as. So. Yeah. So you know, fur babies, yeah. and all, that. <laughs> all that jazz. So so yeah, man. Yeah. We, we we got that. We we got this all down. But yeah, man, we, it's crazy. But anyway, so uh, so how are things going, man? Tell me. Uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, for me, uh, doing some school, uh, online school, and communicating with students and had a couple uh meaningful skype conversations this week so uh you know pretty normal i i did have a friend come on facebook today and say that he tested positive for covid19 oh no um, he's not showing symptoms though he's he's doing well but he's got to not be around his family not hug his wife uh, he'd been quarantined for something like 12 12 or 13 days and then test came back positive so now he's got another 14 days at least so he's not going to hug his wife for i guess minimum four weeks before this thing's over so that's rough yeah huh well all is going on you know it's getting pretty real but you know things got a little crazy today uh we're recording this uh, I don't mean to laugh. It's really a little bit crazy thing. Uh, we're recording this on what is what is it? April seventeenth today. April seventeenth. Yep. Yeah, and like Friday's odd for us. I'm kind of glad that we waited 24 hours because man, just everything started happening today with um, people going out on the streets. And what is it? Uh, at least Minnesota and Virginia. I forget the other state. And uh, in three states, uh, there were protesters uh, marching on state capitals. Um, to say, uh, to basically stop the quarantine. Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah. And what made it really crazy, I mean, that that was to be expected. I mean, I, I called that two or three weeks ago that, you know, this thing wouldn't end when it was safe to end. It would end when people sort of got fed up, you know, with it. And, you know, uh, virus or no virus, uh, you know, safe or not, people were just going to leave the house. You know, I, I sort of predicted that I don't want that to happen, but I also, I'm just saying that's how human beings behave right. in, in my estimation. And it's, it started with these protesters that uh, they may not be the everyday people. They may be kind of the fringe people, but the president got on Twitter today and started to tweet, liberate Minnesota, liberate Virginia and using the word liberate to say, I guess, come out of quarantine, which if I'm not mistaken, are his rules, his <laughs> guidelines as president, right? So it's uh. saying to rebel against the the safety orders that that he implemented in the first place as president of the United States. For those of you who can't see Mr. Bobby Benavidez, he is just rubbing his head. <laughs> I I can only guess, like trying to uh, stop the stop the mental pain that must be going through your skull at hearing these words. Yeah. <laughs> trying to wrap your mind around what the government is doing right now. Man, you don't understand. Like I'm, I've been, you know, I've been wrestling with a lot of stuff lately in regards to the president in regards to the leadership in regards to everything Re- democrat republican both sides like i've been wrestling so much with this because what you're sharing with me is so frustrating because you know i i get it people want a, a president who's going to be straightforward shoot from the hip 
be all like aggressive and whatnot. I get it, but yeah. man, like you know, I've watched him. He tweeted something recently about Nancy Pelosi, um, yeah, calling her like crazy Nancy Pelosi and and sure. referring to um, you know some other guy like I, I think um, who's the other guy Chuck is it Schumer is that is that who's the other guy that got on her side I don't I don't yeah. even I don't even yeah know. <laughs> yeah yeah like and. He's referring to them, and he's saying such hateful words about them. He's saying some really rude things about them, and people are jumping on it, man. They're like, "Oh yeah, you know, like if these Democrats would just do this," because he said he was basically saying, "Come off of vacation, bring, get the Senate back back on." Now the problem is, um, is it uh, Mitch um, McConnell? Is that is that right? Is that is that the name? Or yeah, Mitch McConnell. Because I know we have yes, a, yes. We, we have a Mitch Carmichael. Is that right here? Yeah, don't our, our Mitch and the there's a state Mitch and national Mitch. And okay, the, Mitch Carmichael is of course the uh, darling of the country. And just kidding, that's sarcasm. Right. right. And uh, <laughs> okay, and, uh, he's our he's our guy to battle back and forth <laughs> about uh, educational legislation. Education legislation, I should say. It's not very educational, but um, and uh, now you're talking about um, Senate Majority Leader um, Mitch. Is yeah. who you're talking about. Yes, Mitch McConnell is the one I'm talking yes. about. I'm sorry, I'm like yeah. all these different names, but anyway. So Mitch McConnell, it, he was, he's the one that called session, called a stop to the session. Like he's the one that said, "Hey, we're done. We'll come back next week." Right? Like it was basically like, "Hey, we're taking right. a break." He's the one that did that. But then Trump is like yeah. blaming it on Pelosi and Karma or um, uh, Chuck Schumer, like saying, "Hey, you guys need to come back out of a vacation." When the Republican leader Mitch McConnell is the one that put them on a break, dude. All he's doing is constantly pushing people against the Democratic Party, and yeah. And he's creating so much separation, so much division, and even when it's contradicting his own people or contradicting his own stuff, it's like, but unless people pick up on these things, they're going to believe every single word that he says. And I was talking this over with somebody today. I think it might have been my wife. I was talking with someone. I was talking with somebody about this. Is that, you know, he has. He's. I I've been really trying my best to to continue to be like okay look i want to maintain my christian integrity um, yeah and not say a whole lot negative about him i mean like, right. like i'll speak i'll speak my mind if i think there's things wrong but but i'm trying to remain a positive person about him saying hey look yeah. he's the president and there's wisdom in that because you as a pastor don't want to find yourself entrenched in something where you have to like eat your words later you know which so many pastors do and, and aren't willing so yeah and and i will own it if i'm wrong but yeah but the thing is about this guy's character i i i am challenged all the time about it because it's like we are willing to sacrifice our own our own souls, right? Because I feel like that's kind of where we're at. Is like we are sacrificing our souls in order to continue celebrating this man who is completely damaging so many people. And, right. And when you look at what's going on with this with this virus, and you look at what's going on with everything else, it's like, dude, you are the one. You want to blame other people. He wants to blame other people. He canceled funding to the World Health Organization. Why? Yes, and I, I believe yesterday he floated this idea that maybe it was virus, that the virus was lab-created in China. Did you read that? Yeah, a lot There's of no evidence of that. There's no evidence of that. It's just the kind of thing that somehow he's allowed to just spout a conspiracy theory as president, which I think a president has no business doing ever. No, but the problem is he spends so much time on Twitter. I think he's starting to believe all the bogus stuff that that's on Twitter, and not paying right. attention to anybody else. Because the reality of it is, is that when you watch what happened, stu- everything has pointed to. Even there's been so many reports out from reputable sources that have said the World Health Organization warned the U.S. about this. Mm-hmm. The World Health Organization offered tests to the U.S., but they declined them because they said, we can make our own. And then all of a sudden, it hits us, 
and it hits us in such a powerful way, we are not necessarily prepared. So what he does is he says, well, it's because we're in an obsolete system. Now, maybe so. We may have been in an obsolete system, but we're in an obsolete system that he's been a, he's been president now for three years, right? Mm-hmm. Three years. Yes. And in three years, you're telling me that it's still an obsolete system? Because you're the one that took over saying that you're going to make everything great again. So that means right. – so that should have been something – you should have known in your first year that it was obsolete. Second year, start working on it. Third year, it should have been up and running to be great again. Buddy, don't blame it on somebody else because that is your job. Your integrity is shot when you're blaming it on other people when it's very clear that you were not prepared. Yeah. And so when I'm, see, when I'm seeing him do this kind of – these antics of liberate, liberate, liberate – it frustrates right. it frustrates me so much because all he's doing is creating division. When he's supposed to be yeah. a leader that represents the Christian party, right? The evangelical yeah. party, when all he does is separate people. Yeah. It's just I'm Absolutely. sorry. He's he's kinda he's kinda back into the form um of the guy that that I was wary of in the first place, which uh when he was running for president in 2016 you know of course he began his campaign with the whole let's build a wall you know the whole speech of you know um you know mexico doesn't send in their best people you know they're sending in drug dealers they're rapists i assume are good people i'm paraphrasing what you said the first day and when you know when white supremacists hear that they perk up and go that's our guy mm. That's our guy, right? And uh, then when we came to Charlottesville, right? Mm-hmm. Charlottesville happened, and he's supposed to denounce the, you know, the the, the neo-Nazi marchers and the white supremacist marchers and all that. And he says, you know what? There, there are good people on both sides, you know. And you know, people heard that white supremacists heard that and said, you know, that's our guy, you know. So the right, and then today we have the anti-quarantine protesters, and they're in the streets saying, "Listen, we gotta open up the economy. You know, we gotta get back to work. Like, let's just let everybody get the virus. We need to build our collective immunity. You know, this and that." And uh, you know, Trump, uh, President Trump tweeted, "Liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota," and he actually went a little step farther. I don't know if you read what he said. He went liberate Virginia. Um, he actually said, uh, liberate Virginia and, uh, save our precious second amendment. And so I, I don't know, you and I had commented oh. like a couple of weeks ago, when's the second amendment going to get dragged into this, you know? Yeah. Um, but what people see, uh, what protesters see is, uh, it's a call to action. You know, it's this idea that it's like, whoa, the president is on our side, you know? And uh, that's just going to, you know, sort of inflame people. So this is what sort of bothers me that that this is done is, um, you know, that these groups who usually pay, you know, if there's if there's two sides, they're going to pick the worst side, right? Mm-hmm. You know, white supremacists, anti-quarantine protesters, you know, they're picking the worst side of the argument and he's backing them. He's backing them with tweets. He's encouraging them. You don't think there are people on the on the steps of the uh, Virginia State Capitol building shouting "Yeah!" when he said "Liberate Virginia and save the Second Amendment" and all that, right? Do you think they were shouting and cheering for that, saying, "Well, the president's on our side. Let's do it!" You know, uh, let's open this thing back up. Come out in the streets, people. You know, hug, cough, do what you got to do. You know, they were probably pretty happy about that. What I'm saying is to incite that to, I guess give charlottesville a pass you know to give you know to give white supremacists a pass um that bothers me and it bothers me to see christians jumping on that bandwagon that is what has always bothered me yeah is that he's back in the wrong side of all of this stuff and christians are kind of getting on that side for what i assume to be pro-life but as shane claiborne uh, you know, pointed out today on Twitter, you know, there's nothing pro-life about, you know, uh, sending people out to, to catch coronavirus. Right. Yeah. I got into a little bit of a debate with somebody on, um, on Facebook recently because of this, like, um, cause somebody, a friend of mine 
said something about how, like, okay, so if um, these prisoners were to get this disease, right, if they were supposed to get the virus, what would we do? What Should we put money into protecting them, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, because they're murderers, rapists, those people. Like, should we be caring about them? And I wrote, yes, we should. Like, yeah. because, because they're still human beings. Like, it doesn't matter. Still ma- human beings, and, and this giving them, a, like, letting them die of a random disease or not giving them health care when a random disease comes is not part of their punishment. Right. Their their punish, their punishments to sit in that jail cell for how many years and then be released, you know, and, and you know, their punishment is not to get whatever disease is in there, you know. And my response was we should and and because he brought up like the Christian perspective and he's not a Christian, but he brought up the idea of Christianity and I was like and I said, Yes, and Christians actually should be holding on to this idea even more than anybody else. Is that yeah. if they are in there, if they're imprisoned and they need this help, we should be giving them help. I said and the pro-life people should be holding on to this. And somebody came back at me and said, well, actually, pro-life, when you're referring to pro-life, it's about fetus. And a, and, and I'm like, no, 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 you're talking about anti-abortion. Yeah, that's anti-abortion. Yeah, yeah, it's anti-abortion. Pro-life is all the way around. And that's what people don't understand. If you're going to claim pro-life, you got to go all the way across the board. You cannot pick and choose what kind of life you're going to go ahead and right. support. And, and, and that's, yeah. and that's right. where, that's where we're coming into this tension, I think now. And, and because, and yeah, you're right. The reason why people are so supportive over of him is because they believe he's going to appoint the right Supreme court person to go ahead and stand up for, um, removing Roe versus Wade. Right. Um, or is that right? No. Yeah. Over yeah. Roe v. Wade. But, yeah. yeah. But as many people have pointed out, that doesn't, that doesn't end abortion. Exactly. And and right. so it's like we want we want these people to go in and say abortion is illegal and all stuff like okay, look, I'm I'm I am like I will tell you where I stand on that. We've talked about this in previous episodes. But the reality of it is though is that we should still be standing with the idea of humanity, right? And, yeah. And this is like even like um Eugene Cho, right? Um who's the former pastor of Quest Church in Seattle, um, he was he was sharing how um, when when it came down to stop, like churches not gathering together, one of the things yeah. he said was like, look, this isn't about fear. It's about protection. It's about, it's about caring for the common good. It's about making sure that, you know, my grandparents, your grandparents, you, you, our parents, our kids' grandparents, right, that, that they're all protected because in the end of the day, at the end of the day, if we're all gathered together because, you know, for the sake of economy, okay, great. So the money's there, but what happens when we're all dead and nobody can make it, right? It's like we gotta be yeah. we gotta be wise about this whole thing. And and is what is being revealed in this moment, right? Especially right now. We are getting what we are what's being revealed is who America's God really is. And I believe when we look at the back of the dollar bill, when it says in God we trust, right? And people want to say, well, we've got to have that on there because it says God. Part of me thinks that really what the reason why we want it on there is because that money is really the God. Yeah. Um, that's the God that we put our trust in. And so in God we trust is actually that dollar bill that's in your hand. And you're caring more about being able to make a paycheck. You're caring more about making sure the stock market's right. You're caring more. Trump is caring more about the economy looking good, so that way he gets reelected. All these people are, are making sure that they want to look good, and yeah. the dollar bill is what makes them look good. His integrity, his integrity is not making them look good, because he's not being voted for in his integrity. Because if that was the case, he would have been gone a long time ago. His character sucks. I mean, like if he was being voted for in his character, he would have been gone a long time ago. A dude who has slept around on his wife, on all of his wives. The dude who has um, paid for, and it's and it is documented. I'm not making this up, but it, it is documented that he has paid for right. abortions himself. You know, like, yeah. come on, dude. Like, all this stuff we're willing to go ahead and sell our souls for. Yeah. Why? Because of what you said, pro-life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he can if he. Um, or really anti-abortion, but people say pro-life, but anti-abortion, um, and it doesn't matter if he spouts racist rhetoric. 
It doesn't matter yeah. if he speaks hateful words towards people, especially if it's towards people who are on the opposite party. Because for some reason, all the Republicans who are supportive of him forget that they might actually have friends who are Democrats. And when they go ahead and say, yeah, keep bashing the Democrats, they're saying, keep bashing my friends. That, I mean, like, like, it's like we have, we have totally figured out, really, <laughs> what we worship and what we, what we pray to. Um, well, they always say, you know, um, Christian character is like a bowl of soup, you know. You can't see what's in there, and then somebody knocks it on the floor, and you can see what all the ingredients are, you know. Yeah. And that's, that, that's, that's what happened here is, you know, this whole 2016 election until now, you know, we've had our American Christian character, and it's just been knocked on the floor, and now you can see the parts of it. Mm. Yeah. And and again, too, like this virus is revealing a lot about our Christian character and where where our Christian hope is, too. Because, yeah. because again, like even let's take away politics. Let's go to the church a little bit, right? When people are getting all mad right. about not being able to go to a building. When they're getting upset that, oh, and they're saying you're taking away our rights. Like I saw somebody post today um, about, what was it? There was an article that said that um, the state of California is going to start fining worship leaders uh, for for gathering, yeah. And the article just by that caption, the person responded with, "Look, look at this. This is what's going on. Our 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 constitution is going out the window. Um, our rights are being taken away, and this is what you get with a liberal agenda." Well, when you click on the link, it says <laughs> they don't want gatherings of large people in the in a close um, proximity. These worship leaders are gathering in tight spaces on worship stages, and they're saying you can't do that because you're breaking our, our 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 law. You can keep yeah. you can keep leading worship if you have one person on the stage, maybe two, but stay far apart. Or you pre-record your worship if you want to do that. You know, like he's not, yeah. they're not saying you can't worship. They're not taking away any rights in regards to what we can do in our church. They're just saying, yeah, look. Of it's for the common good. Quit trying to don't yeah. get sick. You know what I mean? Like, it's just right. I don't know, man. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going I'm going on a lot because you it got me fired up a little bit. Well, I I knew <laughs> that this was kind of a touchy thing, and um, but it, it seems like a big thing today, you know. And uh, it seems like we're in a time, and I, no, I just want to clarify when I say this is a crazy time. I'm not sitting over here afraid, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a Christian, you know, our, our, our hope is not in the government. Um, our hope is not in the right decisions, even of our church leaders, you know, uh, we hope that we're, we're praying for all of those people, but you know, our, our hope is in Jesus. And Jesus said, you hear rumors of these things, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, but do not be afraid. These things have to happen. You know, it's just part of the groans of, and, and, you know, and all the bad things that are going to happen again. And this, and this honestly, yet, is not the worst thing that's that's happened to you know humankind in the last hundred years you know yeah um not yet anyway and uh so there's no sense really blowing it out of proportion we just got to be wise about it but at the same time you know part of that wisdom is just taking a look at all this and not getting swept up in the emotion of it and calling out this this bad behavior when we see it you know and if i could just somehow get you know, Christians to just back up a little bit, you know, and stop just, you know, knee jerk defending this type of behavior. Yeah. You know, I just, I'd be a little happier with the situation, but I'm kind of curious to see how a, a pastor friend of mine reacts to all this. He's been, he was a little late to the party and getting on Facebook and public shaming everybody who doesn't know how to social distance he just started we were all doing that two weeks ago so he he uh he started doing that this week you know like he he had just gone to the walmart and saw how many people were there he'd just gone to you know town and saw how many people were there and start to say like what's the matter people you know you're gonna make this thing last longer well he is the most enthusiastic trump supporter of any christian i know i mean he loved the guy you know Mm -hmm. um the, the mean things he's ever said to me were in defense of Donald Trump, you know, and uh, I'm kind of waiting to see how he's going to react to, uh, you know, after posting all week about how people need to stay at home, 
how he's going to react to the president uh, backing um, anti-quarantine anti protesters today, you know, in three states. Yeah. Um, I, I imagine he'll find some way to, you know, cognitive dissonance is a powerful thing. Uh, and um, I, I imagine he's going to find some way to rationalize it, but I'll be curious to see what that is. It takes a lot of mental gymnastics to, to roll with President Trump. Yeah. So, again, um, the hardest part about this is when people listen to this, they're going to hear us say Trump supporters are, are, are bad, and they're going to hear us say Trump is a horrible person. Yeah, um, I know that that's what's going to be heard because there's a tendency to sort of filter out the bigger part of the message. Right. And so I want to go ahead and address that because sure. I want to make sure that we hear this because um, in no way are we saying Trump supporters are bad people. What we're saying is right. we have a lot of questions as to how you can. Um, right. And in no way are we saying Trump is a horrible person, but what we are saying is he's not really the greatest leader, um, you know, in regards to Christian representation. Right. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'll say that for a minute. I think probably the best terminology for what type of leader uh, Donald Trump is is uh, was that actually comes from John Piper, you know. And you know, I surely have my theological differences with John Piper, but would you believe that he and I are politically identical hmm. yes so many followers i think that would consider themselves conservative but when donald trump was elected he actually published a paper saying like what to do as a christian when uh we're under the rule of an unqualified president oh wow yeah and you should read that paper because i bet you bobby You'll agree with it, and it's so stunning to like read this paper, this political paper by John Piper, and go, "Oh my gosh!" Like you know, he gets it. But then I've heard some other stuff about John Piper on like race and racism in America, and would you believe this, Bobby? He gets it. <laughs> like he gets it. It is so weird. Like I, I don't know what happened, but you know, I, I'm just gonna say that right now. I agree with John Piper politically, although not theologically, and he did call Donald Trump an unqualified president. And I think that's probably the best terminology I have. So, yeah, I um, yeah, that's that's pretty much where it's at. I think, um, wow, his desiring God thing. I'm looking it up right now. Like it's interesting. There's an article on there. What happened to evangelicals? How politics seized a precious word. Yeah. Wow, that's a, that's no. He he man. under he gets it. Like as far as like Jesus and politics, John Piper gets it. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like. See, I think that for some reason, because again, we've it's a narrow it's a narrow mindset of what it means to have a Republican president, right? It's um, right. We like the people who are supporting this man again are centered around one topic, or maybe it's two or three, but the two or three are the the pro life, um, guns, and um, the economy. All three of which, right? Maybe the pro-life aspect of things, you know, anti-abortion aspect, I would say Jesus would be like, yeah, like, we shouldn't necessarily be having that. However, I don't necessarily believe that he would, he would sell himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I feel like, yeah. this, like, this is, this is where we kind of have forgotten, like, Jesus is our, is our center. Um, right. And not, not, not an elephant, not a donkey, or, you know what I mean? It's like. But but as my friend a friend of mine said, we don't was it he told me he said we don't worship an elephant or a donkey but a lion right? Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, it was powerful, and he's like, but for some reason we decided to go ahead and worship these elephants and donkeys, but the lion of Judah is who we're supposed to be praying and, and worshiping, and he should be our guide. But instead, yeah. we've said, well, wait a second, because. So I'm likening a lot of people who are doing this anti-abortion stuff to the people who are standing there with stones with the woman caught in adultery, right? Um, yeah. Like, yeah, adultery is wrong, and, and Jesus would say that's wrong because he even said that. He said, look, committing adultery is wrong, but even lusting after somebody is wrong. Like, 
you've committed adultery just by lusting after somebody by thinking a lustful thought about anybody you're you're committing adultery so so he like he bumped that up a little bit so it wasn't that when he saved the woman caught in adultery he wasn't condoning adultery but he's saying don't be casting your stones and telling people who are doing this that they're more sinful than you are because yeah. you're not so i'm not going to be harping on people and this whole thing like look the world is going to do what the world's going to do. If they want to do that, that's what they're going to do. It's going to grieve me, but I'm also going to give them an opportunity to know me. And I expect my believers, my followers, are the ones who are going to be pointing them to me. But when you are attacking people who participate in this activity, when you are telling people that they're doing this, that they should be, you know, that they should be put to death, you now have done something that I never did, right? Like, he never condemned in that way, even I preached on this last Sunday for Easter Sunday. I said, John three sixteen because, you know, I was like, look, like, this is why he came to the world. This is why he beat death. This is why he exited the tomb because he so loved the world, right? That God gave his only son that way. But in, yeah. in three seventeen it says that he didn't condemn, he didn't come to condemn the world, right? <laughs> like, like yeah. he came to set them free. And, yeah. But for some reason, we again, as like I'm, I'm putting myself in there because it's like we Christians, right? Because they represent me. Like even though that I may not stand with them, I may not, may not be that same person. But people automatically lump me in with them because I'm a Christian. That we have automatically said, you know what, Jesus, and I know I've said this before on this podcast, but I'm gonna say it again. Jesus yeah. didn't, didn't come to content, condemn, so Jesus didn't do enough. I need to do I need to do what Jesus didn't accomplish. I need to do what he should have done. He should have condemned, he should have murdered, he should have thrown the stones, he should have allowed that to occur. But no, he went to the cross and he saved everybody. Whoa, great job, Jesus, because you know what? There's sinners out there who need to be demolished, and you should not have done that. You actually should have killed them first, and then you could have gone to the cross to save me, right? Oh, that's kind of like the attitude of Jonah, you know, when uh, God didn't destroy Nineveh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they get all huffy and puffy, like, wait a second, no, they aren't supposed to be saved. They're dirty. They're Democrats. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like, they're not supposed to be loved by you. They're 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 people who vote for Nancy Pelosi. Like, you know, our you know, it's like we've we've totally screwed this whole thing up because we want to say it's it's this side or that side. It's red versus blue. When Jesus is like, dude, um, my blood is crimson and it poured over both red and blue. You know what I mean? Like it took over yeah. it took over all of it, right? To make all of that white, you know, as snow. It's like my my red is the only thing you should be paying attention to. You know what I mean? Like I don't, yeah. and I don't. I just I don't get it, dude. Like I'm, I I don't know. I'm I'm baffled by so much in this whole thing. Yeah, it's a little confusing, and I think you have the right to be confused when you know the president says, "Listen, uh, uh, I'm shutting down. Everybody stay at home." And then a couple weeks later, says, "You know what, though? Get out there." freedom liberate yourself yeah and that's con that is confusing to even have even to have another republican leader say something um i don't remember what, who it was it was another senator i believe who said that um you know as if the economy gets up and rolling again it's worth sacrificing you know a few lives for it yeah like and i feel like honestly that's the mindset is that look? We might lose a few. Wow. We might lose a hundred, couple thousand. But you know what? At least our economy is going to go up and our stock market going to look good. I wouldn't be too surprised at that because the history of governments in general is to sacrifice life in favor of the economy. That's what war is all about. And you know, it, I mean, medieval times we have documented proof of kings starting wars for the sole purpose of killing off some of the poor people because poor people join the military. And if we can get them to kill each other, uh, sort of helps the economy uh, by taking some people out so that there's more resources for the rest of us. Basically, it was the purge. And uh, governments have always done that. And if there's a dollar to be made, if there's land to be grabbed, um, sometimes we think that the loss of life is worth the 
um, is, is worth the stimulation to the economy. And that has always been the attitude of governments going back to the, the kings of the ancient world. Yeah. Um, from the, there's a song from uh, Lincoln Park, Hands Held High. And they, um, they actually, yeah. they actually say like that his brother went to war and um, with a, had a book um, that, that said something inside of it that said, when the rich wage war is the poor who die. Right. Um, well, that's just a fact. I mean, that is just an absolute fact. I mean, you know, go around to any of the senators, uh, go around to any wealthy people and see who's joined the military. Yeah. It's there. West Virginia, where we live, Bobby, has, you know, always had one of the highest per capita uh, rates of people joining the military. And part of that's because this is a poor state and we need jobs. Mm-hmm. But West Virginians are fighting, you know, the wars of, you know, wealthy people. Yeah. Who always, don't live in the state, you know. Always have been, yeah. Um, there's a, there's actually a great book. I wish I had it with me. Um, I have I need to, I need to get myself a copy. But it's called the Redneck Manifesto. Um, yeah. Have, have you yeah. Have you read that book? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great book. I think I may have even already mentioned it on this podcast before. I don't know. There's so many things we talk about here, but um, yeah. But the but this book though, like, talks about how you know the government, the rich government, has actually found a way to to create that division between poor white and poor African American society, basically, like we're not helping us, making us realize or making us feel like that there's a separation. Um, and when all reality, if the poor white and the poor african-american were to come together the government yeah. the government wouldn't last because we would have so much power you know what i mean and yeah, um, it, it's always about it's always about the division of um yeah this is absolutely true uh you know ibram kendi in his book how to be an anti-racist like you know sp- spells that out you know that yeah. you you basically have to turn one portion of the lower class against another portion of the lower class so that they each believe that the other is the problem. And in this country, historically, we've been able to do that by convincing uh, white people that black people are there to take their jobs or, or threaten them in some way. So if we can make poor whites fight against poor blacks, it sort of protects the rich. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think that really, ultimately, what we're seeing even now in our government, you know, it, it is that power play, right? You have you have the red versus blue, the Democrat, Republican. I always refer to it as a gang war. It's the Crips and Bloods on Capitol Hill, right? That right. are figuring out how to find, like, how to how to play people against each other. And whatever side, it's a it's a tug of war right now. And whatever right. side gets the most people on one side, then 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 the other people are going to get pulled into the mud, and we're going to be okay. Um, and what's happening? is that we are actually going to be seeing our country collapse from within because we can't figure out that we're being played on both sides. Well, we've been living the life of not understanding we're being played. We've been living that life for uh, about 150 years, you know, Um, because the late 1800s, we had a lot of two-party system stuff going on politically, (laughs) and we've been able to, you know, the people on top have been able to manipulate that for a long time. But but the difference, though, is of what of where we're at today, right? The, techno- yeah. the technology that we have today, uh-huh. we're able to see so much more. The, well, that's true. We do have access to information that wouldn't have been had back then, yeah. And, and so now, for me, like, when I think about this, and I, I was um, – just a side note before I go any further – I've listened to several of our podcasts and I realize that I constantly say for me and like, it's weird. Like I'm always like trying to like justify my thought by saying for me, I say, oh, okay. but anyway, sure. sorry, I caught myself. Um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like justice does with, you know, anyway, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, yeah. it's just this, but I am, um, but I'm looking at, um, what, what's, what's happening is that we have all of this information being poured at us, being being given to us by all different sources, 
instead of listening to all different sources, right? Every yeah. like and, and picking apart and filtering through and understanding where the bias is and taking time to do that, we are actually just saying, nah, I'm going to go with what I, what I feel comfortable with. I'm going to go with yeah. what fits my agenda instead of saying, you know what? I want to get a full understanding because when we can get a full understanding, we can actually make a great choice and make a great decision and make a good um, argument over for over why we believe what we believe. Instead, yeah. we just take sound bites. We look at captions instead of looking at full articles. We don't read enough. We aren't listening to to full conversations that, that maybe we don't necessarily fully agree with, but to okay. under, understand different points of view. Um, and so because we aren't doing that, we are actually causing our own downfall. Uh, we, we, can't, yeah. we can't blame the rich anymore. We can't blame the government anymore. We have to start looking at ourselves and saying, yeah. we are choosing not yeah. to learn. We are choosing not to get wisdom. We are choosing not to ask the questions. Yeah, I mean, it's just the the not the not talking about it, not wanting to hear about it, not wanting to read about it. It really does perpetuate it. Yeah, it it just you know, it's like a little bit of a like dig in and take a side, and I'm just gonna go with the side that I'm comfortable with. You know. Yeah, there's a book I'm reading right now. Um, oh my gosh, it was it, the title is long, but it's basically. Um, look the, the you you think this i think this but i can still get along with you like we can still get along like I, like i gosh what's it called my goodness anyway it's a okay. great it's actually a really good book um it's sitting on my on my dining it's sitting on my dining room chair so that book is going to be in our show notes because I, I highly recommend it to everyone because it's really it has two um differing points of view um a, a democrat and republican thinking um, but they're talk, but they're great friends, and they're talking about how they discuss major topics politically and how to really have a good, healthy conversation together. Um, wow. And it's really, really great. Um, I've shared some quotes on my Facebook page around it and that kind of thing because it really is challenging and really does make you think. But, but the reality of it is, though, is that we aren't. We are living in a time where people don't want to hear differing opinions instead they want to go ahead and be keyboard warriors right and yeah. if somebody says something they don't agree with it's you're an idiot you're a libtard right which i hate that term but i hear that all the time even from pastors which frustrates me um you are a radical you are a you are a trumpster you are this you are and it's like instead of saying okay let me hear why you believe what you believe um, and then let's have a good conversation around that instead of creating a tension or creating an argument. Let's have a good conversation. I've had to delete some statuses that I, or statize. I don't even know how the right word on that. Well, it's status. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the statuses that I, that I put up and I'm like, neighborhood English teacher chiming in here. Yeah. I always like when, yeah, anyway, the statuses that I put up, I'm like, okay, so, um, you know, and, and like, sometimes like they're, they're thought provoking, I hope. And they, and I get a lot of great comments and then somebody will just jump in with some negative political comment that like just creates and like explodes my, my, my thing. And I have to delete it because, and there was some great conversation, great discussion, great dialogue being had. But because this person decides to jump in and blow it yeah. up, it's like I have to delete the great conversation. There are people who can basically look at any issue in life and in their minds frame it as this is conservative versus liberal or Republican versus Democrat. Any issue. Yeah. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's addiction, feeding the hungry. I don't care – what it, I don't care if it's unemployment. I don't care if it's like uh, how to how to help an old lady cross the street. They just can they can only see it through the lens of conservative versus liberal or Republican versus Democrat. Right, right. And I think that so so what do we need to do? Right, because. 
because I feel like we, I feel like we we've just said like, look, this is what's going on. So now, okay, so yeah, what, what do we need to do? Like, what are what are some steps? Like, what are some things that we need to say? Like, hey, look, if yeah. you're listening, if you're listening to this podcast, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you are um, independent, you know, uh, libertarian, whatever, um, if you're Christian or not Christian, and you're listening to this podcast. What are some things that we could say, you know what, do this to help better our, our society? <laughs> well, the first thing you got to do to better our society is go on the internet and just Google memes that back your personal political <laughs> point of view. And then just share the crap out of those memes all over <laughs> Facebook, even if some of those memes were created by Russian troll bots. Good. Good. Because that like seems it. to be that seems to be making humanity better. Yeah. <laughs> Good. And then what I would add to that is make sure that you get yeah. as many bumper stickers as possible that point to oh, yeah. what you believe and why you believe it, and just post them there. Um, yeah. And and then that will that will get your point across, and it will just create an awesome dialogue. Yeah. And uh, park it in the Walmart parking lot, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> just. Wait for people to receive the wisdom as they walk by. Yeah, and if you have the ability to, make sure you po- yeah. post like a giant rebel flag or or whatever, whatever flag yeah. you want to, on the back of your car and wave it proudly yeah. as you drive down the road. Yeah, but not if you live in West Virginia because the Confederate flag is Virginia and we are West Virginia. Well, there's a lot of people, though, in West Virginia who wave that rebel flag. Yeah, but they need to go to Virginia, though. But they so. oh, see, look, liberate, buddy, liberate. Yeah, I'll make a deal with Governor Jim Justice and Jerry Falwell Jr. We will take the border counties of Virginia. We will accept them into West Virginia, even if they have coronavirus, and we will give you everybody who flies a Confederate flag in West Virginia. We'll do that. We'll do that for you. Fair trade. Fair trade. Fair trade. I like yeah. it. Yeah. But back to to take your question seriously, what do we do? Yes. At this point, I don't know. It's too early to tell. But I think for me, the idea is to be wise. I have this feeling like I just want to go on Facebook tonight and just lambaste everybody and all their hypocrisy. I want to ask my pastor friend, how can he reconcile the things that Donald Trump tweeted today with his, you know, last week um, talking about how everybody needs to stay home, hashtag stay home with me. And um, I want to do that, but I don't think that's what the world needs right now. So I think I need to just back up, play it cool for a little bit, and love on the people around me in a real physical, um, tangible way. You know, love them in a way that I can help. Because, hey, all right, I got a little story for you, a little background here. These people inspire me. I don't talk about this a lot, but I'd love to spend an episode talking about these people. Have you ever heard of the Bruderhof communities? The, the excuse me, say it again? Yeah, Bruderhof communities. Bruderhof, no. So my wife and I went to visit a Bruderhof <laughs> community, and these are this is what we call an intentional community. And uh, they choose to live like the first century church. They are a group that they they might, to the outsider, look Mennonite or Amish because of the way they dress. You know, heads covered, conservative dress, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they choose to have common purse, and they sort of like live in these buildings together where we call them dorms, you know. Um, they call it a house. Now, my wife and I went to visit these folks because – and we don't tell a lot of people this, but I'm telling you now on the podcast. Uh, the reason we didn't tell our friends that we were going to go visit the Bruderhof is because uh, we were afraid that our friends would think we were trying to join a cult. <laughs> and uh, that's fair. That's fair. My wife and I are you know, like hippies basically. I can see where somebody would think we're getting into some crazy stuff. All right. Well, the Bruderhof has been around since around World War One, and they started in Germany. They had to leave Germany in the 1930s because of the rise of the, you know, German Socialist Party and the rise of Hitler. So they actually had to. They actually kind of got kicked out of Germany uh, prior to World War Two, you know, because of Hitler. They ended up in England. Okay. 
Um, they have some thriving communities to this day in England, and they have thriving communities in the United States of America, mostly in New York State. But there's one in um, there's one in Pennsylvania near where we would live, Bobby. It's only like maybe a, you know a couple hours drive from here. So my wife and I decide we're going to go visit them and see how a first century community lives. Okay, so we went up to visit these people, spent the night. Had, they put us up fed us you know we were part of their community gatherings for like a day and uh we had the most wonderful time and made some friends right so i'm still in touch with these people if anybody wants to know what the bruder hop is like and you want to understand that this is not a crazy thing okay this is a good thing look up a youtube channel called laura from Bruderhof. laura from Bruderhof is a person who lives in the new york one of the new york state communities and she's talking all about what life is like there. And yes, they social distance in Brewerhof communities, you know. And no, they're not holding church services, you know. They're they're being brothers and sisters separately, and they're trying to do this out of love for each other. Um, but the idea is, they just do everything out of out of love as with the love of Christ in, in a way that you'd want. Right. So I still communicate with some people there and yes, they do email and they do technology and they do YouTube. They sort of abstain from it as much as they, as possible, but they've seen it necessary to, to reach out. And they do have a website where they actually create uh, equipment for um, one of their businesses is create equipment for handicapped people um, mm -hmm. and special needs people. And we actually have some of their equipment at our school and our church. And I didn't even know this until I saw the brand names that they create. So they are doing some good in the world. And that's how they make their money and, and survive as a group. But, uh, one of them emailed me, um, Peter will say, we'll just say first names for this, but Peter from the Brewerhof said, how's everybody doing out there? We're at a time, a unique time for mankind when we are all, facing the same pestilence you know um how are you doing so i write back to him tell him how things are going and he says he says to me and this is this i told you this long story to get to this point he says to me are you fine are you finding that you're able to help any of your brothers and sisters in this time you know food shortage is becoming an issue um are you able to help people and when i heard that i was just like man, that's it. Like this guy's focus right here is, am I able to help anybody right now? So there you go. I found that very challenging. That's all I know to do right now. Yeah, that's good. And I think that when we remember that, I think like, and, and honestly, I think that was going to be our, our ultimate goal is to get to that part because obviously every single time that we do talk, we do go yeah. through love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Um, yeah, that seems yeah. to be a thing. But and I think like ultimately, like if we can start remembering, right? When we when we look at somebody, when we meet somebody on the street, when we are walking into a coffee shop, when we're in Walmart, when we're wherever we are, there's no label, right? The only thing that yeah. we see is that they're human beings, just like us, right? And so. We need to start figuring out how to dodge and or not dodge, um, ditch the labels and remember that we are in this together. And we can remember that we're in this together, that we bleed, <laughs> we die, we hunger, we thirst, we need each other, we need community, we all need love, we all need acceptance, we all need um, dignity. And we all need to be a part of this. And if we forget that and we continue to put the labels above humanity, we are going to die alone. And that yeah. is what that is that I think is where the danger is for many of us who can't get can't get past the Democrat Republican label, who can't yeah. who can't get past whether or not you voted for Trump or Hillary or Obama and you know, who I don't, gosh, Romney. John McCain, man. McCain, Romney, all those guys, right? Like I, my, those were the good old days when all we had to do was choose between Obama and John McCain. That was a win-win. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I guess, like, it's, it's where for me, I feel like, again, we have to get back to our humanity. We have yeah. to get back to what we, what makes us who we are. Right. Yeah. We, we are all created in God's image. 
whether we vote blue or red, we are we are created in God's image. When yeah, my conservative friends, coastal elites, quote unquote, are created in God's image. Yes. Yes, that is so true. We 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 have to get rid of these um, these labels, and we have to get rid of these things. And remember that um, all of us, no matter where we're at, no matter where we come from, no matter if we're rich, poor, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat, black, white, brown, it does not matter because we are created in the image of God. And that's what we carry. And so, yes, we need yeah. to worry about, are we helping our neighbor? Are we loving our brothers and sisters in this world? And um, I made a comment recently on one of my blog posts um, about, like, how to, you know, what we need to be. Oh, it looks like we, looks like we lost each other for a second there. Um, oh, okay. But I, I made a I made a comment on one of my blog posts recently about the about the virus, where I said like the the things that we need to stop doing um, during this thing and racism is one of them obviously. But I said like, you know, when it comes down to getting this cure for this virus, what if you found out if you're a Republican, you're a Trump supporter, and you found out that a Democrat Pelosi supporter created the vaccine. Would you, <laughs> would you take it? Yeah. I would hope you would. But if yeah. you but if you wouldn't because it's developed by somebody who's a Trump or a Pelosi supporter, or if you're a Democrat and you find out that a Trump supporter made it, would you still take it? My, mm. The reality of it is, yes, we all would. Because yeah, why? We would. Because it doesn't matter. Again, it's like it does not matter who made it. Is the fact that we're all going to be together, right, and cared for, yeah. and so, and if our, if we are so biased, and so hung up, on these on this fact of whether if we would if we would say I'm not going to do this because, of the person who made it, the person who made it is this color, is this from yeah. this ethnicity, uh, from this um, voting demographic. Um, I won't, so no, I won't take part in that because of that. You have a deeper issue that you need to handle, like because yeah. that, that means that you are you have something deep inside of you that is hateful and angry that needs to be healed and cured. And if you are claiming Christ, you, there's no place for that at right. all. Right. So. No, absolutely, a hundred percent. I, b- I bet you a hundred bucks the people who create the COVID nineteen vaccine though do believe in global warming though, so that's going to be real conflicting for uh, everyone. Then I won't take that vaccine. I won't do it because because I know they do because if they trust in science enough to know how to create a vaccine, right. they also trust the data about climate change. So I don't know. That's just a little plug for while we're listening to scientists now. Let's keep listening later when they talk about the environment. My only line that I draw is if I find out that they're flat earthers. I'm not. I'm not about that. I think. Yeah, I'm not about that either. I might just. I might just. Uh, I might just get sick. If they're flat earthers. <laughs> Love it. Love it, man. I got no time. I got no time for flat earthers, but I would, uh, I would throw one out of my house. The only kind of person that I would throw out of my house is like maybe a Sandy Hook truther. Mm. I would throw, I would throw that person out of my house. Yeah, that's not the only person I can think of, though. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be like, no, man, that's bogus. I'll be praying for you and all that stuff, but uh, yeah, that's that's done. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, my friend, we're an hour here. Yeah. So. Well, hey, man. Always a always a great conversation. Always good. Yeah, it was good. I, I needed this, man. I need to talk about some of this stuff that happened today. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad that you told me because honestly, I was kind of out of it because I've been working on that nursery, and so we, I, my, I, I take a little bit of time to go ahead and make some jokes on Jim Justice's, uh. Go, go, yeah. Governor updates, and then I, after that, I I go I go back to work. So, yeah, if you just want to see the craziest stuff, and 
and just how it all blew up today, all you have to do is type the following word into Google. News. <laughs> That's all you got to type. And then you're going to be like, what in the heck happened today? <laughs> oh, man. Makes me nervous. Anyway, hey man, thanks a lot for I'm I'm th- I'm glad yeah. this conversation happened. It's been it's been a blast, and hopefully we still have a good amount of people listening still. And um, so with yeah, that, I mean, what else are they doing? Yeah, I mean, they got nothing else to do. I guess they're probably watching all of the awesome free stuff that's on TV now. I mean, I you know, silver lining. It has just been a renaissance for free stuff getting posted on YouTube. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So well, hey. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you like what you're hearing, if you enjoy this podcast, please take time to rate us, comment, um, you know, do whatever yes, you got to do, yes. share share us because uh, the more people listening and involved, the better. Um, but hey, yeah. we've uh, we've enjoyed this conversation, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you've enjoyed it too. So, with, yeah. With that, I'm Bobby. I'm Jared. You listen to Frank and Says podcast. You guys have a great weekend. Yes. Bye.